What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. of the King's Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski here, as we always do. How you doing, Rich? I'm doing well. I'm doing well because I've heard rumors that the Kings played very well in Utah last night. <laughs> Some rumors. Yeah, I, I heard the same. I heard that uh, that Bagley just did great against Gobert, which is good to hear. You know, was aggressive, got a bunch of rebounds like he uh, has been doing. So seemed like they did all right. Yeah, G-Man told me that uh, it was a well-played game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, apparently it was very chippy and the Jazz were not happy that they were losing to the Kings. But, yeah, I mean, this whole, the whole, like, non-televised situation is ridiculous. Like, aren't they trying to get us hyped up for the pre- like for the regular season? It seems insane. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, even just having league pass, like so many of the preseason games have not been available. But I happen to be going to be to Utah, and I'm going to be there. It's the third game of the regular season, and with how chippy those teams were, all the chirping that was going back and forth, I am hyped. Absolutely, uh, it sounds like some basketball that uh, I'd like to see seven games of. Uh, oh yeah, in the spring. So we will definitely see. I I feel like I don't. I can't really break down anything because. I they're just I mean it wasn't I I didn't get a good visual on this game uh, or much of any I saw you see the Kings uh, tweeted out that stream <laughs> so yes, have, like, that was the, that was hilarious I actually had to like check my phone for a sec yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah I I have seen some interesting uh, recaps of it some uh, uh, some like audio version now I saw I saw a really good like video clip highlight reel. Um, on YouTube of the game and it seemed like better visuals than the actual broadcast had. So I don't even know how they did that or like who is putting that together. But if you go search around, um, there's some good coverage on Reddit. There's some stuff you can find uh, on YouTube on that game, but I don't feel personally equipped to like take away too much from it because I unfortunately was not able to view the game in its entirety. Yeah, I'm feeling the same way here. And then uh, I think our plan for today is we're going to go through the uh, different matchups for the Kings. And we'll focus on the their division that they will obviously play everyone four times in that division. But really go through every team in the league and see which ones we kind of think that might be favorable for certain reasons against the Kings or uh, matchups that they want to get out of as quick as possible and hope to steal a couple. Yeah, I think that's the idea here is, you know, this is going to be a week of uh, season previews. So we're going to do some different season preview stuff. We're trying to get some uh, really good guests in here 
believe we're going to have Tim on the recording, Tim Maxwell, Sunday, uh, trying to get a couple beat writers in here as well. And yeah, we're going to really try to do a, a whole week of season previews. And um, tonight, it's just me and Brendan, and we're going to start off with uh, these team-by-team matchup previews. So trying to identify what teams the uh, Kings will have the advantage over and which teams that they'll really struggle against. So yeah, let's just run it through. We're going to touch on every team here. Yeah, let's uh, start at the top of each of these divisions. Let's go with Golden State Warriors last year. And uh, the the Kings were 0-4, but it was a combined point total of a uh, of 12, I believe. There was a lot of dramatic games. No Klay Thompson, no Kevin Durant this year. Uh, the one weakness for the Warriors a lot last year was their turnovers, and we know that's how the Kings sparked their offense. I actually would pick the Kings 3-1 in this, even though the the one thing that the Kings have to worry about is slowing down the offense of Curry and Corey jo- of uh, Curry and D'Angelo, and they're going to stagger them. I think if you have Warner Fox and Corey Joseph to cover them, you're good. Yeah, it's tough because I wouldn't say that you're good against Steph Curry, like in any real scenario, even if Corey Joseph is the every bit of the defensive presence that we expect him to be, that we want him to be. I'm still like not super secure in any matchup against Steph Curry. Um, However, uh, you know, like you said, these games were really close last year and the Warriors roster got worse and the Kings roster got better. So yeah, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I don't know that I'm, super equipped to make hard predictions on wins and losses, but this is a matchup that I feel like the, the warriors are weakened and they are vulnerable. So, you know, this feels like a, 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 an improved situation to me and it feels like one that the Kings could get the better of them more times than not. Right. And uh, the warriors being one of the most shallow rosters in the league, Sacramento being one of the deeper, I, uh, I like this one a lot more than I was expecting to going into the off season. Yeah, honestly, I, we started with the Warriors. I'm like, okay, this will be an easy L for the Kings. But no, yeah, you're right. The depth, man. The depth, is it's such a big disadvantage to the Warriors, such a big advantage for the Kings. Right. Uh, next in the Pacific Division, we got the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, this is a rough one. I don't know uh, what two ways to really go about that. Last season, uh, they were 0-4, and obviously the team got – Way better. A crazy amount of defense on this team, and they're not going to have trouble scoring either. Yeah, this is not great. I, I think you have – you said 0-4 last year. Yeah, and probably not – those were not close. It's not a close 0-4, I would uh, dare to venture. So, yeah. Um, geez. I, I don't know. I'm trying to even go through the positions in my mind and think where the Kings would have – a significant advantage. I just posted something on this, and the only thing I could come with, because the only weakness defensively for the Clippers would be Zubak, right? Okay. Um, so if you went small ball with Bagley at the five, then mm-hmm. can Bagley attack that if you have like Ariza and Barnes there? Or what stops them from just putting Kawhi on, um, on Bagley still? And then Zubox like just guarding Ariza, which wouldn't even be all that difficult for him. I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't really think that Zubots is like such a disaster defensively. That, I mean, Bagley's going to eat for sure. Uh, I, I almost thought for a second. So, so I'm thinking about the starting center because Zubots isn't 
necessarily their primary center. He's going to start, right? But then you got Trez coming in, and I really like – I really want to see some Rashawn Holmes on Montrez Harrell minutes. That's going to be fun. But I'm not sure that – like, I'm trying to think more, uh, you know, is Dwayne Dedman making, taking any advantage of this lineup? Because I'm not sure that he is. Yeah, I don't think so. That, I mean, that's the thing with the Clippers, right? It's like, where can you take advantage of this team? Right. And then there's the question of, is Paul George and Kawhi, are they essentially going to play the three and the four? Because there's all these reports coming out of L.A. that they, no, no, neither of them wants to play the four. So, at least in terms of their label – They'd prefer to be the two and the three, which means starting Jermichael Green at the four, perhaps. And then maybe there's something you can do there where Bagley and Deadman, Deadman spacing, Bagley rolling, you know, maybe there's something that, that could happen there because neither of those guys necessarily scare me. But again, like then, then you go to the wing and it's like, how are, who's going to guard Kawhi and who's going to guard Ugh. Paul George? Yeah, that's uh, – I mean, I guess you got to hope Ariza and Barnes. Like, Barnes is definitely one of them. And then I think the second's Ariza. Yeah, I mean, I think that you're probably right. But at the same time, I'm not loving that, you no. know? No, yeah, Ariza at very, can definitely get bodied by either one of those guys. If they wanted to, they could be backing him down. And also, I mean, Ariza is just a step slower now, being a little bit older. Yep, I'm not. I'm not here to count on Ariza to to stop either of those guys. Um, I think that he's more of a depth play at the wing, and I think that yeah, it's going to be problematic because you can't really go three yard lineup against the Clippers this year. Right. Yeah, this is one of the scariest ones. And yeah, like I said, I put out a piece on this uh, specifically today, actually, and got a little bit of input from a Clipperholics guy. Um, Heald shot his worst three-point percentage against this team last year, 17.9%. Two games of no three-pointers made. There was only four all year where Buddy did that. And the Kings got outscored by 44 points if you add up all the first quarters in in the firsts. The rest of the game, they actually uh, were barely ahead by a two-point margin. It was bad starts every game. Yeah, it's tough. I This is bad. I I think that... You know, there's you can make a good argument that Fox is the better player than Beverly, but the matchup isn't great still because Beverly's going to really slow Fox down, pester him, probably frustrate him, and you know Fox could shut down Beverly when he, when Beverly's on offense, but that doesn't really matter because he's not really going to be initiating their offense. So this one I'm going to chalk up as an L. Agreed. Um, who's the next team though? Next one we got is the other team in L.A. We got the Lakers. And the first thing that I worry about is uh, offensive rebounding for the Lakers' big lineup if AD's playing the four. Yep. Um, Is this a better rebounding team than the Pacers? Hmm. Uh, I think so because Miles Turner is a little bit of an underwhelming rebounder. Yep, I agree. And I think that Sabonis, yeah, Sabonis is a good rebounder, but he's also kind of a, an offensive rebounder. Um, so they're not like an amazing defensive rebounding team, the Pacers. So, um, you know, and obviously I'm referencing that because we saw those preseason games. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like that's an easy, there's an easy advantage there to the Lakers in terms of uh, their interior play. And they've, you know, I mean, uh, they've got some real block artists on this team. JaVale McGee may not be like 
the highest basketball IQ guy, but you know, he's going to swat some shots to be sure. Anthony Davis, you know, there's nothing we need to say about him. LeBron James is a playmaker on defense, obviously. So yeah, I mean, again, maybe we can go to the bench here. Maybe that's the, the glimmer of hope for this team. We talked a little bit about a little bit about it with the Warriors, but is the Kings bench better than the Lakers bench? Uh, I think so. And I think we're going to end up saying that about a lot of teams. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head who the Lakers bench is. I think it's Quinn Cook, Caldwell Pope, Jared Dudley, um, Kuzma, and and then Dwight. Uh, I will take uh, I will take the uh, Kings bench there. I would assume they they're gonna maybe stagger um, a little bit of Braun and AD, but still the depth is where definitely the Kings have a little bit of an advantage. Did you put Caruso in that? Oh, I didn't. Wow. Uh, wow. He's he's an all-star, as we all know. He's coming right. into his first all-star season. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think we even really know what the starting lineup for this team is because, right. like, the Bradley, Caruso, Rondo, you know, who's going to be the quote-unquote point guard, who knows. Uh, right. I guess it's LeBron James. So, so I think uh, Barnes guards Braun, right? Sorry, say that again. Barnes guards LeBron, right? Oh boy, I mean it's the it's rough, but it's the best we got. Yeah, no, you're right. Who guards Anthony Davis? Uh, Rashawn Holmes. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oof, but if he gets pulled out to the perimeter, AD has a handle. I don't know. So this is a good question because do you want the Kings to trot out the same starting five every night? Do you want that continuity, that identity, um, the confidence in the players that know, hey, I'm a starter. This is my job every night. Or do you want to see this team play the matchups more? I want matchups. I mean, okay. Yeah. Are, it, I'm not really thinking of taking one of – I'm mainly thinking about swapping that center, though. Right. And, I mean, is Holmes that's – that's absolutely where I'm at as well. Like, if there's a guy that's going to be making matchup-based starts, it's got to be Rashawn Holmes, right? Right. Yeah, I think so. And then at that point, you're just – you're keeping the rest of the four in there and you're just going with like the two big, the two non-stretch Bagley and Holmes in the front court together. And like, is that, oof, I mean, is that really going <laughs> to, is that really going to work? I mean, is, I mean, Fox can shoot it, buddy, obviously super elite shooter. Barnes is a nice shooter. Is that enough to keep the space open where, I mean, I mean, can you even, we've talked about Bagley not being respected as a shooter can you have both those guys on the court on offense? Especially against like, you're talking about what's going to be two great shot blockers. That's a good point. I don't know. Um, I think that Bagley is respectable. It is going to end up being somewhat respectable enough that they can't just completely abandon him. Who's going to guard buddy on the Lakers team? Um. Oh, is man. it Avery Bradley? Is it your boy? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's better on on-ball defenders. He's only good on on-ball defenders. That's uh, a good point. So, is it – who's there two? It, or their one is Rondo? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe the hope is that you just try to straight outscore this team. Like, do you Who, just – Yeah. Who's going to guard Fox? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess Bradley. And then so, maybe they have like Bradley yeah. and KCP as their defenders because I could see them doing that and then Braun just runs the offense. LeBron runs the my, offense. My point is I'm not impressed with their how they match up against right. the better Kings players either. So this becomes like a smalls versus big situation, I think. Right, and uh, they have better three-point shooting this year, but maybe the hope is that the Kings with you know that target of 35 can just uh, outscore them there. Yeah, I'm going to call this one kind of a wash in terms of who's got the better matchup. Yeah, I'm going to favor LA a little bit because they have uh, the two best players by a long shot. Uh, that, But I do think that uh, the Kings have a chance to come out on top of, with some of these. Yeah, agreed. And the reason I'm going wash is because I definitely agree that the Lakers are the two best players, but then I feel like the Kings maybe have like eight of the next nine. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So Right. Um, but yeah, let's move on. So the Phoenix Suns, uh, the Kings have how many of the best players? How many players are better than Devin Booker on the Kings? Oh, well, buddy, right? We've buddy, established well, that. Right. That's, <laughs> have you been following uh, uh, Greg Wissinger's crusade to that effect? I don't think so. He's been like tweeting about it for years. And, it's, <laughs> and like, yeah, Suns Twitter gets very upset with him. I'm when he sure. Does. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, who's the best player on both these rosters? Uh, Devin Booker for the Suns, and for the I, I mean, let's combine these rosters. Like, uh, so who's oh, the best player on both? Um, is it? I mean, is it Devin it, Booker? It might be. I'm going to go Fox. Be. I think I might go Fox because I feel like Devin Booker is such a negative on one end. Yeah, I think... Oof, but it's I close. Think, yeah, it's very close. I think today, it's one of those things where in a month, it could be so obviously Fox. Right. You know what I mean? But today, I guess I'd call it a wash. It's okay, just, but how far do you go until you're saying another Suns player, if you're going in the order of best? You know, who's the second best Suns player? Is that's, it, a good, that's a good question. I, I think, I mean, that's the... I think that's... There's... We've talked about the eight and Bagley dichotomy, so they kind of become a wash. Right. To me, Buddy is the second best player on the Kings today. Yeah. With and Barnes he, next. Yes. Yeah. And that's yes. better than anything Phoenix has. Do you think at that point does it go to the eight and Bagley situation? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know who else I would be considering here. Um, Rubio has flaws just as much as, you know, like a Deadman or Corey Joseph does. Sarich, I'm not very high on. I mean, yeah, I, I'm definitely taking the Kings in this matchup when we come back to just really the matchup here. Like, it, it's deeper everywhere. The Phoenix right. cannot play defense. They should just be able – the Kings should just be able to put 125 on the Suns. Yeah, and we kind of saw them dominate them just this last week, but – um, yeah, here's a good question for you. Do you put Fox on Booker? I think so. Um, they had Buddy on him, interestingly, and then I believe Buddy was, from what I heard, guarding Donovan Mitchell last night as well. So it seems like he's taken those uh, tough two guards, but I would prefer to have uh, Fox there. I feel like I might as well, just because Rubio isn't a super, super rangy point right. guard. So, I mean... 
if Buddy can can show that his defense has improved, that's fine. You can play them straight up, you know, ones on ones, twos on twos, what have you. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's should be a point where the Kings put their best defender on the best offensive player on the other team, and that's that's definitely Devin Booker for this team. But yeah, no, agreed. This is an advantage Kings here. Right. And uh, yeah, that, that wraps up our division. That's going to be 4A, 12, 16 of the games this year right there. Are you currently paying off student debt, interested in improving your financial literacy, or looking for new ways to earn income in today's ever-changing digital landscape? Well, on the Talk Money with Mesh Lakani podcast, Mesh will follow paper trails, chat with experts, and break down complex ideas to bring clarity to the mystical financial phenomena. Each episode will be filled with compelling stories covering a broad range of subjects, from buying Bitcoin, dealing with student debt, and everything in between. Listen to Talk Money with Mesh Lakani on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and learn how to spend, invest, and earn for today's economy. Let's hop over to one division in the East here. Let's start with uh, the Milwaukee Bucks in the Central Division. Um, again, who's guarding the best player? Who is guarding Giannis? You know, I don't have any idea. I don't have the slightest idea. Uh, it's not going to be Bagley. I don't think that's going to work. No, but I, I think that everyone gets run over that at some point you try Bagley because he has a bit of the length and like potential to do it. You don't think he'll be the first person to be ran over though? Um... Is Giannis, Giannis is there four technically, if you're looking at it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, a lot of teams throw centers on him. Would you try putting like Deadman or Holmes on him? Holmes is where I've been thinking. I've been, I, I keep, I, this is something that I wrote about as well, where Holmes has the potential to be like the defensive stopper for like creative bigs. So like we talked about that with Anthony Davis. We talked about it. We're talking about it now with Giannis. You might just if there's a guy who is over six foot ten or in that range and is just an absolute monster and getting to the rack every time, maybe you just just put Holmes out there on him and you know have his strength there because we know Willie didn't do that. We know Bagley isn't thick enough and you know weighty enough to do that to slow him down. So maybe Holmes is that guy and and Deadman is like a solid defensive player like he's a sound defensive player but he's not going to stop Giannis right and, and it's really going to be defense by committee everyone that plays Milwaukee you know there's very very few guys that could maybe contain him one-on-one -on -one, if any um I mean do you think that the Kings could come out with a W here like there's always crazy situations but in a, in a reasonable game I mean last year there was a there was an overtime game against Milwaukee the Kings are good enough to get a W against any team on any given night. Like I'm not, I'm not looking at anyone in this league and being like, there is zero chance they're getting a win from that team, that team this year. Like that, that to me that that they've eclipsed that level. I'm not saying that it's likely or that it's even like 50-50, but it nothing's going to surprise me at this point or shock me. That's fair. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat with you there. But uh, yeah, this is definitely not a favorable one. Um, on to the next one, though. We got the Indiana Pacers. We saw this happen, and uh, it, it's going to be a lot of the bigs here. Um, what, are your, what are your first things you think of here? 
Yeah, we kind of have seen this, and I'm not really encouraged because any team that has two strong big men, one of which that you know, at least one of which who can shoot, it's going to be a big problem. So, like again, this is kind of a Lakers situation, but well, I mean, the Lakers. I guess you can't really – that's assuming that Anthony Davis is going to play the four, which I don't think that he should, which is ridiculous. Like, he's a center. He should just be a center. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is what we're going to see. Like, big teams are going to give this team trouble until Bagley bulks up. Yeah. Uh, well, definitely Sabonis. Well, we saw that already. Um, and they have good defense across the rest of the board. Is this, again – you're sort of looking at the bench and also could you maybe take advantage of the starting guards, mainly looking at Jeremy lamb for the Pacers. I would think more about it being a coaching advantage for them because I don't know. I mean, it's more of a system thing. Like I just feel like uh, McMillan gets so much out of this team and gets like, you know what I mean? This was a team that this was a, this was a Kings like jump that they made. Uh, a couple of years back where they just kind of came out of nowhere and, and they actually, I mean, they, they had more success because they're in the East and they were able to let themselves in the playoffs squarely in the playoffs, but they were a team that like was not supposed to succeed. And it's kind of like a sum is greater than the parts situation with them. So that's my, that's where I feel like it's, you know, if Walton is able to scheme for this team correctly, that's where the X factor is going to lie. Yeah, I definitely see that. That was a lot of what uh, Indiana did last year, and they're a very different team without Oladipo. So maybe your hope is that uh, you can kind of clamp them down and show off your defense because I don't think they have great creation themselves. Indiana, but yeah. with, you're saying Brogdon more, more of a two or like more of a combo and uh, yeah, Lamb more of like a two-three. I see what you're saying. Yeah, uh, trying to find something where I feel like would be in the favor of uh, – th- that the Kings could take advantage of there. And I think that if you could just make them uh, use up a lot of time in the shot clock and they don't have anybody, I feel like that if if they really need to, can create a shot for themselves. I mean, yeah, losing Bo- uh, Boyan, I think, is a downgrade for them. But until Oladipo is back – there's a chance, but I, again, I mean, I'm I'm going to look at that preseason game and say that uh, it's an uphill battle. Right. Yeah, un- understandable there. Next one in Central Division, we got the Detroit Pistons, one of the bigger teams. Um, who is guarding Blake Griffin? Ooh, I think you. I think you can figure out a way to guard Blake Griffin because I think that. I, you know, he's a good player. He's a very good player, but I think you can kind of double him a lot. I think that you can, I'm not like super duper worried about Drummond. Like he, he's, he's a big, strong guy, but he's not super versatile. And I don't know, you can just kind of body these guys. I think Holmes will play a lot and it's a big lineup, you know, but um, I, I'm more focused on how are they going to slow down Fox and Buddy? Uh, I just think this team has no guard play. Right. Like Derrick Rose is their best guard. Right. Uh, Yeah, Reggie Jackson's very up and down. Um, 
yeah, they, they really, that really is what it comes down to. I mean, this is, and Blake Griffin uh, is not as quick as he used to be. Drummond's never been very quick. Uh, they could definitely run this team off the floor. Not to mention, didn't, isn't uh, Tony Snell their starting small forward who is. is like, like gotten as a straight up uh, salary dump? Yeah, and, and to be fair, I think it was because they ha- uh, Milwaukee had to dump him to sign Brooke Lopez. I think Snell's a decent 3 and D guy, but not a preferable starter, that's for sure. Yeah, he's like the 28th best starter in the league or something like that. Yeah, something around there. But yeah, I, I, think, they, I think you nailed it there, actually, that they could run this team off the floor. I, I think I worry about uh, Griffin a little bit more just because – I think that he's really versatile. He's more of a playmaker now and with the ball in his hands often and on the perimeter driving in, but they can also do some backing down. I might want to play with, uh, with Barnes guarding him there, but I don't know what exactly that means for Bagley in regards to defense. Um, maybe if Bagley was at the five with Drummond, but he could get bullied there too. I mean, this might be like one of those weird games where you see some zone looks because that's been coming back a little bit. Basically, you never saw a zone in the NBA a few years ago, and teams are like throwing it out there just to get, just to like get weird looks and to confuse other teams because you know teams don't prepare for zone anymore. So I don't know. Maybe maybe like it's it's really kind of Blake against the world in this situation. So I think you kind of just fluster him, confuse him, throw different looks at him, and then you let kind of Buddy and Barnes and Fox like go to work against their their smaller guys, and I think that there's an advantage there. Yeah, and, and I think that this one is uh, favorable a bit towards the Kings here. The, uh, the next one we got in the Central Division, we got the Chicago Bulls. And uh, when I see young teams like this, especially young playmakers, guys with the ball in their hands a lot, I just think the Kings are going to get so many steals and so many transition buckets. Yeah, I think this one's pretty straightforward, too, where you just kind of like ones-on-ones, you just play them straight up, and I think that the Kings are a better team, and that's kind of the end of my concerns here. I, I think that Bagley will guard Markinen. Now, Markinen is a real seven-footer, and he's a great shooter. He's one of the best seven-foot shooters the league's ever seen. I think he's like, you know, since uh, – he's like the next guy after Dirk that's going to be coming into that game, hopefully if he stays healthy. Uh, But, you know, he's also like not the strongest guy. So I'm not super worried about Bagley being put on him. Yeah. And who do you have uh, guarding Zach Levine? Uh, I guess you just put Buddy (laughs) on him. I don't know. Again, I'll just play this straight up, whatever. Like Levine can't guard Buddy. Buddy can't really guard Levine. That's fine. Like, that's fine. I mean – Who's there? Uh, they signed Sadoransky. You think he'll start? Yeah, I think interestingly in their first couple games, I think first one or two, they had Chris Dutton still starting, which I, I'm yeah. pretty sure they changed. They ended up putting Sadoransky in, but yeah. It, yeah, if, if, uh, if that'd Dunn, be ridiculous. If Dunn is still starting when Fox gets to DM up, I think that's the end of uh, Dunn's starting career. Yeah, that'll do it right there. Uh, Another crazy young team in the East is Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I don't really have concerns aside from not letting Tristan Thompson get uh, eight offensive rebounds. I have no concerns here. I don't even want to talk about this team. This team is bad. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, we'll come back to the West. Let's go the Northwest Division. Um, top of it, the Denver Nuggets. This is problematic. 
who who on this team is going to slow down uh, Jokic with his his playmaking? Yeah, I mean, you got to do best you can to deny him the ball, but he just comes and get it at the top. Like that's not really happening. Um, just someone that can. Man, I don't know. Is it a lot of the times the answer seems to come back to try homes on him? I don't think that works. I think that Jokic is like too creative and too crafty and, and he can play an inside out game too well. Like I think that Holmes is more of the guy you throw against Giannis, like a power on power situation. Um and I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I really truly don't know. I guess I guess you just pel- you, you tell Deadman to like play his best uh, fundamental basketball against him and say, hey, we know you're taking like an L, but we're going to try to do the best we can around you, try to play cohesive team basketball and, you know, then just accept that. Just do your best against him. Right. And maybe, I mean, this is a lineup where you see or a team where you see Joseph and Ariza getting a good amount of minutes here to get as many smart off-ball defenders as you can. Uh, because that's going to be a lot of what's happening outside of Jokic. Yeah, yeah, I were yeah. This is worrisome. I think that Gary Harris had a down year last year, but he's a strong defensive yeah. two guard. Uh, Jamal Murray's not a great defensive guard, but you know, I mean, he's interesting on offense. He's definitely versatile on offense. Uh, he does a little bit of everything, and that's that's helpful. I, I, you know, Fox on him, that's going to be fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, Gary Harris is, I guess you, I feel pretty secure with buddy on Gary Harris. Yeah. And, and I think what you try to do for the Kings offense, aside from trying to get some turnovers, by the way, they were owed and three against this team last year um, is that you try to put Jamal Murray and Jokic in a pick and roll. I mean, those seem like the, biggest weaknesses even though I think Jokic is a little bit of a better defender than people give him credit for uh if you try and do a Fox Bagley pick and roll and attack those two guys get them uh going downhill yeah I mean we kind of need a stronger defensive pick and roll pairing to come out of this team at some point where you feel good about Fox defending the pick and roll but I don't know for sure that we have a big that is Deadman that guy is Holmes that guy? But I'm worried that Holmes will foul too much. Yeah, I think Deadman probably is the better one if you're just dropping in a pick and roll, but he is a little slow-footed. Yeah. Yeah, this and he's is not definitely gonna, a rough one. He's not going to get up and, and disrupt a ton of uh, lobs necessarily. Right. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, the Nuggets are just really good. They're just a 54-win basketball team. You know what I mean? And – yeah, I, I don't know. And by the way, I'm just going to throw this out there because people were angry with me comparing Jamal Murray and Buddy Heald. Uh, and by the way, like, that's, you know, I don't think that it's unfair to say that Jamal Murray has a slightly better reputation as a better player than Heald right now. I was very hesitant to even say that. I felt like it was very equal. But the only reason we compared their games was to say that it that is a reason why it's hard to compare these two guys because they don't play the same role. Where even though <clears throat> even though they're they're both kind of even though they're both guard in role where Buddy could not do that, 
and Buddy plays that bomber role where lost you for a second. Okay. okay where did so you, where'd you last year? Even though they're both guards, and then you started getting into their role. Okay. Even though they're both guards, they do play different roles, and that's the point I was trying to make the other day is that you put Buddy in Jamal Murray's role as a facilitator, it's not going to hold up. Just like you put uh, Jamal Murray in Buddy's role as a bomber, it's not really going to hold up. They just play different roles, and, and it's hard to know if you switch them, switch the teams they're on. You know, it's hard to know what would work better. I think it's just that's kind of what, to me, makes the two players very, very close. But yeah, it, either way, neither of them really deserve five years, one seventy. So anyway, right. I'll drop that. <laughs> Yeah, but that's uh, back to the Denver matchup. That's going to be a real tough one for Sacramento, uh, one of the best teams in the West. Next one in the Northwest Division is the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, the ones that stand out, obviously, are Dame Lillard and CJ. How do you think the Kings will do defensively against that pairing? I mean, Corey Joseph might be enough here to make this interesting. You have Fox and Joseph because they're, their two guards are so innovative and so creative, and they can just score from anywhere on the floor. Uh, you know just crafty three-level guys, but like maybe if you, this is a game where could you see Joseph playing a lot? Yeah. uh, Yeah, I I definitely could this. And it reminds me of sort of that golden state thing where it's, you know, all their offense seems to come from their two wings or their two guards. Yeah. And golden state, we got to put kind of an asterisk on because you know, Clay, (laughs) Clay could come back. You know what I mean? Right. At some point in the season. Right. Do you think that, uh, that Bagley could maybe try to take advantage of some of the bigs on this team, specifically looking at Whiteside? Whiteside? I think Whiteside has a lot of physical talent, and he's big, and he's going to block shots. I, I think that you could see some of what we saw with DeAndre Ayton, where Whiteside's cheating out and trying to – you know, he's making the wrong read. And that's where Bagley gets the ball right under the bucket and flushes it. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the the advantage that I would see him taking. But in terms of like going up against him on the block, which is not really a, a smart move in the modern NBA anyway, that won't work great in my opinion. Right. I was thinking more so if you sort of got it to him in the mid range and Bagley likes to face up, I think that a quick two dribbles, he could go past Whiteside pretty, he could do that decently. Yeah, maybe. I I mean the lateral you're you're kind of looking to take advantage of his lateral speed. Right. Yeah. I guess I'm just not so super in love with Bagley's face of game just yet. So I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know necessarily. But fair. if you if you pull Whiteside out far enough, then yeah, I could see that. Right. Uh next one in here is the Utah Jazz, who we just uh played last night the Kings just did and nobody was able to see that but uh yeah this is this is a tough one the Jazz are known as one of the better defensive teams but a caveat is that they turn the ball over a lot yeah this would be really nice to have seen (laughs) last night um I'm gonna I'm gonna say they've got a chance uh I I really want to know and I didn't get a good explanation of this how much Gobert was on Bagley. Um, you know, I, I would think that any time that Bagley went to the rim, that Gobert was there to meet him if he was on the floor. But I kind of just want to know how much that, you know, because a lot of Bagley's buckets, like we said, can be kind of just 
trash down low. He'll just right. get it and just and just absolutely like just finish on something that was a broken play. But I, or, or you know, I want to know how much was was he facing up Gobert? You know, was he getting Boyan sometimes? Was he getting uh, Ingles? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And if he wasn't, then what was uh, Deadman slash Holmes doing on some of those wings? Since they really run small forwards at their four, which I mean is a lot of what fours are now. But yeah, this would this is definitely. An interesting matchup. I'm still leaning Utah, though, because I think they just have more talent. Um, they have decent depth to them as well. And, and really, that defense of Utah scares me. Apparently, it didn't scare the Kings last night, but I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt because those guys have been together for, like, a month. Right. And, and so, yeah, you, know. you have a point. I mean, I think they put the Kings scored 71 in the first half. I think they had a 50-point quarter. I should really look this up. I, I got so frustrated last night that I wasn't able to see the game. It was very upsetting. I, I gave up and just and listened to recaps of it. But, um, yeah, I can't report it directly. Yeah. The King's Pulse podcast is recorded and hosted on Anchor. It is the easiest way to make a podcast, and it is 100% free. It gives you everything you need to record, edit all of it so it sounds smooth and professional, and upload it all from your phone and or your computer. They distribute your podcast to every major platform. They give you an opportunity to make some money in the process as well. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh, Next one we got in the Northwest, we got OKC. Uh, Definitely a new look here. And uh, this one's interesting, actually. How do you worry? How do you think of... uh, of CP3, Gallo, and uh, and Stephen Adams in this. You know, as long as CP3 and Gallo are healthy, this could be kind of a tough situation. But I also feel like the Kings are just, even if they're not as fast as they were last year, they can run this team off the court. Right. Yeah, that, I think that's a good point. I think that uh, OKC, it, it, like you said, if CP3 is healthy – that they have decent perimeter defense with him and uh, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, but they definitely could outrun this team. Uh, I just worry, you know, thinking of CP3, how often, if he's running it at all, is he really going to turn it over? I mean, Shay will. Um, but, yeah, you, you could force it a little bit. There are holes in this team. Like, I can't think of who, who's a starting three. They might be running Terrence Ferguson, Terrence Andre Ferguson Roberson. Probably. Right. Yeah. So that's something that you could try to go at a little bit. Um, yeah, I think I think you're spot on there where you would try to outrun this team. I was, yeah, I was gonna say, remind me who they have at the three, and remind me who's on their bench because I feel like Dennis Schroeder, man. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's not pretty for them there. And then what they got like Nerlens Noel. Uh, is Patrick Patterson there? No, he went to the Clippers. Yeah, uh, good point. I. Can't really name them. Um, I'm going bench mob. Yeah, bench mob. And, and and part of, I think, being 10 deep is that you can run the entire game because guys are getting rest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- remember this team kind of like clowned the thunder last year. Did they yeah. not? Yeah, and I think what it was is uh, that Buddy really balled out in a couple of these games because he's from the area too. So he's really showing out those nights. 
There you go. But Buddy wants that money, by the way. Oh yeah. Last night, I think he had like 18 points in the first half. Hit that that buzzer beater, five assists. I, I mean, yeah, I think he wants that money. Yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah, and uh, the Kings were three and one against OKC last year. A lot better OKC team. Uh, also, look a lot different now. Last one in the Northwest Division, we got the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, you know, I rewatched one of these games recently, and interestingly, I thought that Marvin Bagley was the best guy at defending Cat because he seems he seemed to be the best last year at fronting guys and denying the entry pass down low. Uh elaborate i want to know more about about badly being the you're saying the best guy on the kings uh last year it seemed like he was and uh well i mean you're saying better than saying Willie right and what like giles i think they threw on him which is rough and coast yeah don't forget the kraken right you're was right an option yeah so uh, i'm not saying that bagley's the way to go but really I mean, you just stop the entry pass to Carl Anthony Towns as much as you can here. Like, um, he's going to do some pick and pop as well. But Cat's the only guy I'm worried about on the offense of the Timberwolves. I and would I think, hope. I would hope that the, that there's not like such a simple solution to Carl Anthony Towns as just not as stopping the entry pass. Like, I feel like they've got to be more creative. I mean, he can shoot. He's a really good outside shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. yeah, I mean they've got to they've got to do more to get creative with him, but he he shouldn't be an issue on offense for them. Like he's gonna be he's gonna score a million points. Uh, his defense is is like you know that's where the Kings could eat. Yeah, Sean Holmes is gonna put him in his lunchbox. Honestly. There you go. Yeah, and you could you could run you could definitely outrun Towns there as well. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I lean Kings a little bit in that one. And actually, they and, struggled, they, it was two and two season series. And who's their best uh, point guard option? Is it Jeff Teague? I think it is. Yeah, Darren Fox will – yeah, it's going to be uh, – this is advantage Kings. Right. And, and the bench of Minnesota is not very pretty. Yeah, um, I like the deep bench. I think we've talked about this with like Lehman and Dan- Bell and Vonley – uh those signings i think they got shabazz napier they got uh travion graham yeah Yeah. culver's there yeah culver could be interesting but yeah for now yeah i'm give me the kings all day yep and then we'll jump over to uh the atlantic vision in the east we got the toronto raptors that are looking a little bit different here uh what stands out to you here are they just a little older kind of run them I still am going to give the Raptors the benefit of the doubt. I know they lost Kawhi and Danny Green, like two of, you know, two of the better wings in the league, one of the best players in the league in that group, of course. So, yeah, I, I, it's not great, but they are – they get it done. I mean, they just get it done. Like their GM, their G League team, like they find ways, their head coach – this is a really smart, savvy organization. And they've still got a lot of length on the, on defense. And they've still got a lot of options. Still got a decent amount of depth. So I'm not going to say that even though this team is no longer the team that just won a championship because they lost their key player and another important depth piece, I still they're still the reigning champs. And I'm not going to just go insult them like this. Yeah, I'll question their depth a little bit um 
mainly looking at the backup bigs. I, I guess Sergi Baca will play that, um, who is decent. I don't know who their four is. Maybe it's Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. I guess looking at it, it's a little better than what I was remembering. Um, they have defense, but I feel like, again, it's a little bit of a lack of creation here for this team. Kyle Lowry's a great passer. So is Marcus Soule. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm leaning a little bit more towards this one being even here. Well, let me understand your point. You're saying they, they don't have good creation, but they have Kyle Lowry, Marcus Ole, Fred Van Vliet. I don't really understand that. And then you're saying that Ibaka is not a good bench big, but he would start for the Kings, right? Right. Yeah. I, as I looked at it, I realized the depth was a little bit better than I thought. But I, I just think that their offense, I, I just don't. I have a lot of questions for this Toronto team where it's, I don't know what the creation and the scoring is going to look like for this team. Like they were really bad offensively without Kawhi on the floor last year. That's not true. That is patently untrue. And they, I think they were like 17 and five or something like that when Kawhi didn't play, like they were a very good team without Kawhi. Okay. Maybe I'm just remembering, remembering that, that wrong then. I'll, I'll take your word on that. I, I mean, like, Kawhi is very, 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 very good. So we can't, like, pretend that they didn't lose. They didn't have, we can't pretend like they didn't have the worst season, worst offseason of any team. Like, they, they did. I don't give a, I don't give a shit. People, people come on here and they're like, yeah, no, this team, I'm like, no, this team, this team, okay. No, this team had a fucking terrible offseason. No question. But they were the champions, and they're still going to be right. decent. I mean, like we didn't—we haven't even like mentioned Pascal Siakam, and what a nightmare this he is, is true. for matchups. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I think the thing that I remember about Toronto last year a lot was that they would go through stretches of really not being able to score. Um, so that is what stands out to me, and it would be like you know eight minutes long uh, of really struggling to get some offense. So you know, there's a chance where their offense just really isn't there that night. All right. So we have looked it up and I was right. 17 and five. The Raptors were without Kawhi last year. It's pretty good. And uh, with their offense, I think you found Brendan is like, was like dead middle and their defense was 77th percentile. So I mean, it's a, that's a good team still. Yeah, it's surprising their defense was a lot better with Kawhi off the floor, interestingly, and they still have most of those pieces minus Danny Green. So, yeah, right. hey, you got me on this one. They're better off the, with him off the floor, and that's because, like, you know, uh, starters were off the floor for the other team. Right. Right. I mean, that's but, – but, but, like, with everything taken into account, like, they didn't fall off the cliff without Kawhi, which is why I still feel like I'm not going to disrespect Toronto like this. Right. Fair enough. Uh, next one in the Atlantic division, we got the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I this is a terrible match. How the Kings score against this team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The yeah, length, we can the size. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> next one, uh, Boston Celtics. Um, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us all about the Boston Celtics? Brendan? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just the guarding the wings really. Um, this is a lineup where I kind of could see the Kings going smaller. Um, I, I think that the Celtics are going to have a really nice offense, but it's just going to be about the defense, obviously. Um, so the Kings need to attack that big the best they can. And, um, and Kemba Walker, obviously. 
So I, I think this is, you know, I mean, running a one five pick and roll, they're not starting Cantor, but um, who, who's stopping Bagley? I think that they're actually going to put Jalen Brown on him. And I don't know if that's going to stop him. Jalen Brown's been guarding the fours for them. He's even been guarding centers at times because Popovich did this in Team USA and they've been playing with it. And you think that No, I don't think he's stopping him. No, I I think it'll – no, I don't think it'll work because Jalen Brown falls asleep off ball and Bagley's going to get all these easy buckets. Okay. Yeah, and then – what they put smart on Bagley. I mean, sorry, on Fox, right? Right. Um, and then, yeah, they've got guys to maybe, chase. Yeah, but Kemba is, is Kemba going to chase Buddy? Well, Smart isn't starting. It, when you were saying Smart, I was thinking you were saying Smart in place of Kemba. Explain to me the the. So the starting situation is is Kemba, Jalen, uh, Hayward. Jason, Ew. Tice. Gordon Hayward's on this team. Gross. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, advantage Kings. Sure. The Kings are just going to have to stop uh, Celtics' offenses. I- I'm worried about them guarding wings a little bit. I'm worried, about the- I'm worried about them starting Hayward over Marcus Smart. That's a poor decision, in my opinion. But so the Celtics bench is just featuring a uh, smart Tice pick and roll, pretty much. Not smart Tice, smart Cantor pick and roll. Sorry, and, uh, yeah. this is this team makes no sense, bro. Get off, get off the yes, Celtics, man. bro. I'm calling this one even, man. Get off the Celtics. What you think that? I mean, Bogey and Holmes are going to destroy that little situation. I will destroy you're Cantor. Try, you're trying, sure, you're trying to scare me with Mar- a Marcus Smart, Daniel Tice pick and roll. Not Tice, Tice. Get sorry, Cantor, Cantor. I'm all. I'm equally. No, yeah, can't. I hate Cantor. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that is the <laughs> most annoying thing to watch. No, I, I don't like any of this. I liked where you started with like who's gonna slow down Cambo, who's gonna go match up against their wings. I like where you started. I did not like where this finished. No, I'm just letting you know what's going on. Uh, I'm going. Uh, I'm going even here though because I think this is just going to be an offensive. There's going to be a lot of points in this games. You're the expert. <laughs> Next one we got uh we got Brooklyn Nets. Uh shoot, what's, what's I'm like not super afraid of the Nets this year. I, I feel like until Durant's back, like I'm like, okay, broken face Kawhi, like and a bunch of dudes Kyrie, that, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. Good. Uh no, of course. Uh Kyrie I just don't really care about Kyrie anymore. Is that crazy? Tell me about it. <laughs> god i hate this guy i just don't like i'm not like that into it dude i don't know like he's really really good but he's he kind of crazy and like he's like a flat earth guy <laughs> and like all this stuff is now he's gonna like go educate himself on the china situation oh god dude yeah i was terrified that Kyrie was over in china I'm like nobody interview him nobody interview him oh my god yeah oh, god. we need to get him on the podcast yeah God, that'd be entertaining. Um, yeah, so I don't know. What, what do you feel like you do against this Brooklyn team? Where do you, what is the sort of matchup that you try to take advantage of? I mean, I guess you kind of lean into the double on Kyrie, assuming that if we're talking about pre-Durant's return, because then it's all Right, which is air. probably all year. Like, yeah, and I'm not worried about DeAndre Jordan whatsoever. No. Um, I mean – I don't know, like, 
who else on this team am I supposed to be really afraid of? Jared Allen defensively, yeah, and Karis Levert. Karis Levert and Dinwiddie, I think, and, is, and is mentionable. Kar- yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. But it, who's better between Dinwiddie and uh, Bogey? Hmm, that's a good question. Because um, the contract, we should mention this. Um, it's been confirmed that Bogey was offered the max contract that he's able to be offered by the Kings, which is four years, 52 uh, million or so, but 52.4, I believe. 51.4, yeah. 51.4, excuse me. And, yeah, so – and he's probably not going to take that. We'll, we'll see. Um, almost certainly not. But, right. yeah. Um, I mean, like, that's that's about what Dinwiddie got. I think he – I think it's, like – pretty close to what Dinwiddie got. I believe so. Um, and in regards to how they are as players, I think that they're pretty even, and I might even lean Dinwiddie because I like what Dinwiddie brings on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Dinwiddie yeah. at times was a better player than D'Angelo Russell last year. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, so but you know their defense of uh, Kyrie and Lavert doesn't excite me. So you may you can try to attack that. Um, Lavert is not a shooter right now. He's not really slasher. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you can kind of game plan for that. I, I like it's not he's not a guy that like I'm concerned about putting Buddy on because Buddy might uh, lose him. You know what I mean around screens right. and all that. So, like, that doesn't scare me that much. You can kind of collapse on him as he drives, as he cuts. So, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I feel like this team could, could handle the Nets, but it's pretty close. Yeah, I'll go even on this one. Agreed. Um, New York Knicks. Oh, God. How do you guard all the power forwards? Yeah. <laughs> you, you play the Jaeger's yeah, starting lineup in the preseason last year where it was, like, Scal at the two. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, I don't I think, even want to. I think honor I caught, this I caught a lineup in the play-by-play of Utah last night. They had a, it has Swanigan, Gabriel, and Bagley. That's how you do it. Right? I don't need to. I don't need to talk about it. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Southwest Division. Hop back to the West. Houston Rockets. Um, who guards each of James Harden and Russell Westbrook? Now this is fun. Um, you're gonna slap Fox on Westbrook, I feel like. And then uh, that's fine. Is that fine? Yeah. And then I think we're in trouble. Yeah, do you try Barnes? Does Barnes just get blown past? Barnes gets blown past. Um, and like stuttered around and step backed and all that. You put you try Joseph on one of these guys. Do you put yeah. Joseph on Westbrook and I don't know. Neither of them those guys have, have much size either. Fox is like a legit 6'2 without shoes. Um, so maybe you put Fox on Harden and Joseph on Westbrook. I think I'd go the other way around because I think that right now Fox is a little bit more of a uh, of a athletic defender and Corey Joseph is more of a smart defender. And I'd rather have the smart guy on James Harden that's doing an absurd amount of moves. You're totally right about that. That was my initial impression was just like slap Fox on Westbrook because they're kind of in that same uh, just run it down your throat mentality. But then I got worried about Joseph. But no, you're totally right. 
he's got the veteran savvy that like if anyone can bother Harden, you're right about it being Joseph. Right. And then uh and then the rest of the Rockets don't uh don't impress me all too much. I mean, this is gonna be a three point shootout from these teams. Dude, wait, who's gonna guard Ben McLemore? Oh god. <laughs> I forget that he's on this team and they're hyping him up. I can't wait, wait, do wait, it. wait, 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 wait. Who's gonna guard Austin Rivers? <laughs> oh my god, we didn't even mention him. I forgot about him. <laughs> Who knows? Um, no, I I think that uh, like any team that has James Harden, I'm not gonna like pick the Kings as a, a favorite matchup for. Um, so yeah, I mean it's either a wash or or a loss. I'm gonna say a loss because yeah, I mean. Even if you put Joseph on Harden and he does a very admirable job, I'm like still not. Even if we shut down the other three, even if the Kings shut down the other three positions and Fox does well on Westbrook, I'm still like the the disadvantage that Harden can cause. I'm gonna call it an L for the Kings. Is it absurd to ask which of these teams is a better three point shooting team? No, um, no. Should we look at the numbers here? Yeah, I mean, so because the Kings the Rockets, have been near the top of the league. The Rockets in terms have of 45 percentage. attempts, right? Top of the league, but 35%. Uh, in regards mm-hmm. to percentage, they were, and of course, I just exit out of it. No, so this is, this is simply a volume versus efficiency. Right. 35% for the Rockets, but they were 10th. 10th in, uh, in percentage. And meanwhile, the Kings were fourth in percentage but 20th in attempts. Yeah, I'm going to give the edge to the Rockets still because it's about doing it with volume. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Rockets are a better three-point shooting team right now, but that's really what this is going to come down to. I'm the same with you. We're uh, leaning in favor of the Rockets here. Uh, next team in the Southwest Division, we got the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, interestingly, the Kings were 3-0 and against the Spurs last year. It is super, super interesting because initially I'm just thinking about the coaching matchup. Yeah, and I think that the Spurs are non-traditional in the way that they play slow and they slow the entire pace of the game and the Kings don't tend to do well with that. And the Spurs have really good perimeter defenders. Like, I want to say that I would slightly favor the Spurs here, but it's crazy that the Kings were 3-0 against them last year. Yeah, I mean, ugh, I guess you just you just take it you take it on face value that they they won three games last year. So, I, I this the Spurs are just inscrutable. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even it, I I'm just not a good enough basketball analyst to understand like why or why not they are going to be good at things this year. Like, they're just one of those. Like we we talked about it the other, the other day last week. They've been in the playoffs. 39 of 43 seasons like and it it almost doesn't matter who's on this team like they can win any night right and I guess that has to stop at some point but I'm not counting on it with Popovich and uh and, and you know I guess we can go back to this when who's the best player in this matchup is it DeRozan no it's not DeRozan if anything it's Aldridge for the Spurs right is DeRozan better than Aldridge? I don't know. I don't need to get on, on this. But is, it, but is it it's, them it's two and Fox. You think it's Fox? I do think it's Fox. Okay. What, what makes you say Fox over uh, like DeRozan Aldridge? 
DeRozan is, I mean, he, he's being propped up by Popovich's ability to create high-efficiency open looks from two. And same thing with Aldridge for a large amount, but they're both in their 30s. I'm, I'm confident in taking the 21-year-old Fox with his upward trajectory. But this for this season, like in a matchup this year? Yeah, this is where it turns for me. Like this is the year like where I'm I'm confident in taking just betting on this season like you know, I don't know necessarily if it happens in the first week or the first month, but if you look at the end of the season that Fox will have had a better season than the 34-year-old Aldridge and the 30 30 or 31-year-old DeRozan. Okay. I'll probably put them all into the same group um, without really distinguishing between any of the three. And I guess maybe where uh, where you have the advantage here and what they did well last year would be being able to run off those older guys, especially Aldridge. Yep. Got to keep the pace up for this one. That That is a really good point. And I also feel like I'm I'm thinking of who the player is minus the coaching and minus the system because like can you imagine if Darren Fox was in Popovich's hands in his system uh I mean he would be like if he were on the Spurs you would say he's the best player on the Spurs yeah I mean look at what DeJounte Murray looks like right sure and DeJounte Murray can't shoot at all right right all right next one and I'll call that one about a wash I think that's fair um, next one we got is a Memphis Grizzlies. This team is going to turn the ball over insanely and, uh, they don't have anybody except John Morant and Jaron Jackson. Brandon Clark's mentionable, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this one's easy for the Kings. John Morant is a, uh, poor man's Darren Fox. So <laughs> no, so no, I'm saying, and then we've talked about, yeah, Jackson and, and Bevy on the same level. Other than that, you know, we'll see how Brandon Clark does. But, like, year one, absolutely not, Grizzlies. Right. Just keep Grayson Allen away from all my players. Oh, my God. Yes. No, yeah. yeah. We'll just – we'll play our second unit and beat you. Right. Yeah, the Kings were 3-1 and one against them last year. I'm definitely favoring the Kings there. Um, next one in Southwest, we got the New Orleans Pelicans. And the Kings were 1-3 and three against this team last year. It was one of the few teams that I think had a higher pace than the Kings. But it's a lot different this year. Obviously, all those Laker young kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, for this year, I personally build in the the fact that uh, rookies just aren't that great towards winning basketball in their first year. You know, if there's going to be exceptions, Zion could be the exception, sure. But I just don't – in terms of actually winning games, I don't put a ton of stock in rookies, so I'm taking Kings here. Next one we got in the Southwest Division, we got the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, it's really just that duo of Doncic and Porzingis, right? Big season sweep last year for the Kings. Uh, yep. Big season sweep. So I'm I and I don't see enough changing. Um, both teams added some pieces. I know Porzingis is like a huge addition if he's fully fully healthy, um, to the point where I don't think it's a sweep again. But I also don't see this as like being a huge advantage to them. So I'll, I'll go wash here. Yeah, I don't see anything outside of that duo, and I still think that they have a lot of flaws within themselves, and who knows what Porzingis looks like when he comes back. I'll favor uh, Sacramento a little bit here. In Southeast, yeah. we'll move on to uh, Orlando, a team where uh, they really slow the pace down, and another one where I think it would be bad for Sacramento, but they Sacramento was 2-0 against this team last year. I hate Orlando. 
I think that they're a terrible team. I think they're terribly constructed, and I don't believe in their big men. I like a little bit of their defensive upside, but I don't believe that in Vucevic, uh, Isaac, and Bamba as like some great big front court. And and they obviously have nothing at guard. I, you know, if Markel becomes suddenly becomes like the number one overall pick that he was supposed to be, he will. We can talk, but until then, it's King's advantage. Yeah, there was an interesting thing uh, real quick the other day that uh, on on a broadcast, uh, Karan Butler, who had been with Fultz a lot, was saying that Fultz had to relearn how to eat with a fork uh, because his injury was so bad. Like, that, that guy's not going to be back to the same thing, which is terrible to hear. Um, yeah, that, that's sad. Yeah. But, it, yeah, I mean, it's reality too. Yeah, yeah, and you can see it in the shot. Um, yeah, I'm going I'm to favor the Kings again here. Uh, next one, we got the Charlotte Hornets. Scary Terry, man. Not so scary Hornets. Not going to dignify this for the discussion. Yep, that's fine by me. Miami Heat, uh, you're a little higher on this team than I am. Uh, what, what are your thoughts here? I am high on this team. If you, if you have the, the numbers from last season, I don't know what they are offhand. Uh, the um, Kings were 2-0 against them. That's interesting. I, I think adding a superstar, that's going to make it into a wash territory. Uh, I know there's a lot of varying thoughts on the heat. Like some people are really high, really low. And I think that's kind of a function of the East being hard to sort out after Milwaukee and Philly. So this is kind of a question mark for me. Yeah, I'm good with going about even here. I think that Miami's defense has uh, some nice aspects to it, but then also some holes in it. Same with their offense. Yeah, it's a team that I'm comfortable going even on there as well. They've just got a lot of length and a lot of strong defenders. I like Winslow. They've got pieces there. I like Bam, yeah. And I like Spolstra. He's a good, smart coach. And who's going to guard Butler? Uh, Barnes. Yeah, I don't like that. Fox. Yeah, not Buddy. I guess you maybe. I mean, you maybe experiment with Fox on him, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, even then he could get back down. But um, right. Yeah, next one we got Washington Wizards. Is there much to say on this one either? Another one of the worst teams. This is one where like the question is who guards Beal. But then I'm also, like, not really concerned. Like, you can kind of let Beal have 40 and just, like, and, and just win the matchup like the rest of the nine guys on the team. Yeah, there's literally nothing else. Um, I, I'm not really worried. And it was 1-1 last year, I guess. But whatever, yeah. I mean, Washington has nothing except for Bradley Beal, like you mentioned. Not worried about Rui, Thomas Bryant. Not worried about it. Um, Atlanta Hawks. A team that pay, plays extremely fast, like the Kings. Kings were 2-0 against them last year. I just don't see how they ever stop Sacramento. A team that plays very fast, but I think that if anyone's kind of a nightmare matchup for Trey, it's probably De'Aaron because Trey can't do anything defensively. And De'Aaron can really get out and contest those those threes. Yeah, the uh, and the Hawks had – a solid one more turnover than any, than the second most in the league. Um, they they turn the ball over a whole lot with all these young playmakers and the high pace that they try to do. It falls right into Sacramento. I think this is one of the best matchups for the Kings. I think people are too high on the Hawks in general. I think that they're a, a year further out than people think they are. Yeah, I, I think that teams that are fun and entertaining, people tend to get a little bit higher on just because you know they just see highlights. 
Right. Just not a lot of good defenders here. And then like the one piece that they added in DeAndre Hunter for, for specifically to address that defense, he's a rookie. So, and you know, unless he comes in day one as a huge difference maker on the defensive end, which I don't expect, I mean, just very few rookies do that. So, right. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not buying this matchup as, as being advantageous for the Hawks. Right. Yeah. I think that he's going to be a little bit more of the higher impact rookies this year because he is such a smart defender, but that definitely takes a lot of time. He's impressed me on offense more than I expected, but uh, yeah, that's everything that we went through here, man. That's that we got through all 29 other teams. Yeah. And in general, I'd say, you know, the Kings are kind of falling into the middle of the pack, but yeah, there's going to be some really fun matchups. I think the Pacific division is, you know, outside of the Clippers, this team could really have some fun matchups there. And yeah, I mean, like there was, there's only a few where we had to just be like, there's no point talking about this. This is a bad match. Right. And those are teams that are going to give pretty much every team a bad matchup. Right. And and I liked what you said at one point that, uh, that the team is good enough that they could win any game on any given night at this point, even against those top teams. If, if the cards happen to fall in their favor. Yeah, Absolutely. Do you want to do you want to slap on a win total here just because we've kind of done one before but just to close us out here real quick Yeah um I'm just going to go with 40 just one more I mean I I know you want to see more but I, I think that they won some close games down the stretch last year and the west is tough That's tough that seems low I'm I mean I'm going to go 42 I think this team gets its first winning season in 14 years, but I hope so, but I don't, I still don't much for not saying 48. Like, (laughs) I know, I know. I I still don't think it's enough to get them in the playoffs, but maybe we'll slap on a a window at the end of each of these next three episodes in our season previews. So we can see where, if we're moving around a little bit and and we can um, solidify it and cement it in our last, our final preview episode, which will be, um, next Wednesday. There we go. Yeah, sounds good to me. I'm sticking with 40 right now. I think your number is 42, right? That's it for me right now. Yeah, I, 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 I there's upward mobility there. So I'll, I'll see is. if I can talk myself into it. Yep, I'm in the same boat here. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the King's Pulse podcast. Let us know what you thought of uh, the matchups against every other team throughout the league, which ones you like, which ones you don't. And thank you to everybody for listening. You will hear from us again in the next couple of days. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York.